All right, welcome back to Slaughter University. We are at it again today. Today's message, or should I say today's pod, because I hate feeling like I'm preaching to people. You know, this is a podcast where we talk about the word of God. You know, people have the right to agree or disagree with anything that I say. Um, What's really been pressing on my heart, I would say maybe over the last year, year and a half, since I started doing TikTok, uh, TikTok, it was, I see a lot of Christian content these days. And I tell you the truth, some people I had to kind of like just unfollow and mute because I think that we're getting away from what the gospel really is. I think we just getting away from what the gospel really is. And when me and my wife have these conversations, you guys, when we're talking, it's like, and we're reading the word. And I'm just like, man, Jesus didn't, but Jesus didn't do, do none of this. Right? Jesus, he, he didn't do any of this that we are doing. Like his message was clear. His, his example was clear of how he would like for us to operate in this day and time. And anything that I say that me and my wife talk about, she has already given me permission um, to speak on. Glad to see all of you here today. Love you all. So one of the main things we talked about is, okay, where do I want to start? Because we talked about so much. Let's talk about the type of content that I'm starting to see put out um, in the Christian community universe. I'ma just be real. A lot of times, and I have said this publicly before, I really believe that a lot of people um, had worldly desires of popularity and fame and wanting to be known and all those other things. And they gave their life to Christ and they use their gifts for Christ, but their desire to be seen is kind of still above God's message. It's one thing we're gonna talk about. Another thing we're gonna talk about is how the gospel is being spread, right? Another thing we're gonna talk about is who is your target audience when you are posting certain content and, and talking about uh, God to people. So one of the main things I want to say about that is, is that if we want to break down Bible, let's, 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 let's break down Bible. Okay. Non-believers and believers as a Christian. And I'm not saying this because I'm perfect because I've done it too. I believe that the first thing is this as believers, we're standing so close to unbelievers that nobody can really tell the difference. And that's just straight on that. You can go home, cry about it. You can unfollow me. I really don't care, but it's the truth. As believers, nobody can really tell the difference between you and a non-believer when y'all stand side by side. And as I go through the gospel, Jesus was so different in how he carried himself, 
and how he talked and how he walked and his purpose and the things he did, it was so different from what Israel was doing that people was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, my boy, hold on. Who is this? But this is the interesting thing about it. Jesus revealed himself to Israel. So let me get out some of the Old Testament for a minute. Israel, we know, was God's chosen people, his chosen nation, for him to deliver the world through. So he revealed himself to a nation that should have expected his coming, right? Because that's pretty much what the Pharisees and the scribes, the, the interpreter experts in the law. The experts in the law, they, they studied, they said they studied the scriptures of the prophets. They, they, they studied uh, the book of the law. They knew all these things. They knew every word that God said, but they didn't recognize God when he was right in front of them. Lord, Father, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you finna get me started. We finna, we finna, we finna make some folk angry tonight, but that's okay. So what that showed me is, is that God revealed himself to his people the people he chose. And yet they didn't even realize he was right there in his face. So that goes to show me that you can know the word all day, but not know the word if he was standing right in front of you. God is after a changed heart, right? Now, look how Jesus treated the unbelievers. You know, we always love to talk about lukewarm, but Jesus said himself, he would rather you be hot He'd rather you be cold. But that in-between stuff, puh, patooey, get out of my face. That says a lot about how serious he is about you picking a side. Whose side you gonna be on? Whose side you gonna be on? What's up, everybody that's just joining? Whose side you gonna be on? What, what we doing? You know? And what's so unique about the scriptures is that the people he revealed himself to, one, was his people, people that should have expected his coming, they really could understand the law, then that just goes to show you right there that, you know, without the Holy Spirit, it's a bunch of words. Because these people was experts in the law, but yet they didn't understand who was standing in front of him, all the prophecies that he was fulfilling right in front of him to the point of blasphemy, calling, calling him Beelzebub, the devil. You know what I mean? So I take, I said, Lord, okay, so what do you want from me? What do you want from me as a believer in Christ? What is my relationship when it comes to non-believers? Well, first things first, your relationship when, as, as a believer, is to imitate Christ. Straight like that. Hey, hey look, hey, look, man, it's two plus two tonight. It's two plus two tonight. It, 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 ain't, it, it ain't calculus. It ain't algebra. It's two plus two. If you are imitating Christ, right? And you are walking as you believe that, okay, I believe that God came in the form of man, died on the cross for my sins, right? I believe he did that. And if I believe him, and I believe in what he says to come. And I believe that he wants to use me to show him so he can draw others to him. Then that means I need to be a reflection of him. Let's 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 put a pen in somewhere. Let's talk about hurt. 
The last time you was hurt, did you reflect Christ or did you reflect you? And see, that's, that's one thing. That's one thing I just got to be big on. Because we want to be exalted with Christ, but we don't want to suffer with Christ. You know, because people aren't going to see Christ when you acting like you. No, when somebody wrongs you, irritates you, angers you, upsets you, guess what? Jesus wants you to be a reflection of him. Because no matter what that person says, no matter what that person does, or no matter what that person feels, they can't say that that person treated them without love. Love covers a multitude of sins, right? But see, we get caught up in the, oh, I don't want to, uh, we don't, we don't judge. No, 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 no. Let me say it. Other believers you judge righteously. Non-believers, shut up. You literally have nothing to say to them. I'm going to give you some examples before y'all run off on the plug twice. Let me give you some examples. If a non-believer came to you and said, Hey girl, how you feel about uh, me talking to Fred? Who is Fred? Married Fred? Yeah, married Fred. Your response should follow along the lines, you know, of, well, personally, sister, in my belief, because I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, he talks firmly against adultery. So, because he does not agree with adultery, I don't agree with adultery. That's it. That's all. But when you start saying stuff like, uh, uh, yeah, girl, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you finna get divorced soon anyway. See, now, now you feeding into it. Because guess what? They don't believe the same thing you claim to believe. So, they're not being helped to the standard that you're being held to. You see what I'm saying? Straight like that. Now, let's flip it. Let's say it's two believers talking. At that point, that's when you judge righteously. Now, Sister Keisha, I understand that you like Fred, but you know how the Lord feels about adultery. And those feelings right there, you already know you committed adultery in your heart when you lusted after that man and you lusted after that married man right there. And that's when you can go get two or three other sisters and brothers and y'all come together and y'all talk about it and you show her in scripture why what she's doing is wrong. But see, when the world gives you and asks you about your opinion, you give them a fact. You don't sit up there and beat them up across their head all day talking about how, girl, you wrong. They're not, to them, they're not wrong. And I want y'all to understand that in, 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 true, in trueness, Yes, what they're doing is wrong, but how can you hold a target employee to Walmart rules? Hold on, let me not compare my Lord to Walmart because he ain't nothing like Walmart. But how can you compare somebody else to rules that they don't play by? Because you so much trying to, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, offend them. Well, first of all, Jesus said that he came to, to, to divide. You're supposed to be the salt of the earth. You know what I mean? 
And when he said that he came to divide, he said, uh, mother against son, father-in-law against daughter-in-law, something like that. That means with, even in your own family, even in your own family, you are supposed to side with God over anything else. Y'all spend too much time trying to convert somebody. It is not your job to convert nobody. You need to let it go. How you convert somebody is through your behavior. Let's go back to more Bible. When Jesus laid out the rules and the Israelites from how you should look, how you should, how you should dress, how you should do this and do that, he wanted them to look completely different from everybody else. You know why? Because the thing is, if this person over here got red hair and freaking Michael Jordan earrings, I'm just throwing out an example. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that nowadays. I don't do whatever you want to do, tomato head. But if, if that's what you got going on, he don't even want you to look like the person next to you. Not yet alone, act like it. He don't want you to look like it, let alone act like it. Now, us living in a Gentile nation, when you stand next to people, guess what? Some of you might have blonde hair, uh, pink hair, earrings, eyeliner, makeup, whatever. But see, it's not your appearance really too much that's going to set you apart in some ways. We're going to talk about modesty. But in some ways, it's not what's going to separate you. It's how you carry yourself. So, yeah, when you decide to believe in Christ, you got to understand, you might just want to go to pinstripes and go bowling. But you might have to choose a different bowling alley that's more family, um, family fun. Because guess what? If somebody walk in the club and you just like, oh, I'm just here to celebrate big, big, big TT birthday. She bringing in her 35th birthday. Yeah, uh, well, guess what? Baby, you in the club. You in the club. And can't nobody tell you the difference. People ain't gonna hold you to a standard. They're gonna assume if you in the club, you about that, you, you about about it. This what you do, right? And we look too much like the people standing next to us. So the things that we do, the places that we go, the things that we say, right? It just got to be different from everybody else's. Meaning you might be the only one in the friend group that say, you know what? I don't think it's a good deal to go sleep with him tonight. I don't think it's a good uh, idea for you to go over house and smash. I remember back in the day talking to some of my homeboys and stuff like that. And they might have uh, caught them a, uh, a nice little, you know, piece of tail or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And we would all say stuff. And I'm talking about myself. Like if I see my homeboy talking over there to a little dying piece, and some of them weren't even really dying pieces, but whatever. I'm just keeping it, I'm keeping it above 50. Some of them weren't even dying pieces. But we'll say, oh, but you need that. Well, you got to get that. And some of y'all women the same way. Soon as you see your homegirl talking to a, a, a fine man, oh, girl, you need that. You, you need to get that. And you just right there going along with it. You just right there going along with it. Because guess what? When you said that you believe in Jesus Christ 
as your Lord and Savior. Guess what that means? It means that everything you did has been paid for on the cross. You are saved by faith through grace. Here's the catch. Jesus died for you. Now you got to die for him. Meaning you can't do the same stuff that you used to do. And what I'm trying to target, you guys, the audience I'm trying to target is the people that are living amongst the world. Because I don't personally believe, in my own personal opinion, that everybody is supposed to be in ministry. I don't believe that everybody's job is going to be in ministry. I believe that God called some of you guys to be doctors, lawyers, freaking managers, freaking whatever else in this world. But he called you to be a reflection of him in any place that you go. What would Jesus look like if he was a dentist? What would Jesus look like if he was a firefighter? What would Jesus look like if he worked at Walmart? It's his character that you were supposed to portray. Now, you don't judge unbelievers because at one point you was an unbeliever. At one point you were an unbeliever. That's why you don't judge. But let me tell you something, and a lot of you probably can um, agree to this. You ever notice, like, in life, because me and, me and Matt talk about this all the time. You ever notice in life where it seems like other people can do stuff? I'm talking about they can walk, they can, they can, they can be missing for hours on the job, and nobody look for them. But as soon as you go to the bathroom, you got the BGs, everybody, um, Ashley, Ashley, come in. Anybody seen Kayla? Anybody seen Chris? You're like, man, hold on, man, because Ray Ray, that man disappear and come back. He take extra 15 minutes on his lunch every day. He take an extra 20 minutes on his 10-minute break every day. This man have 3.30s and a 10. But as soon as I come back two minutes late, everybody looking for me on the walkie-talkie. Um, where, where, where is such and such? Where have you been? That's because God has already shown you. People are watching you. Because one thing, one thing y'all have to understand is that don't let this world fool you. Do not let these people in this world make it seem like they're happy because they coochie pink and they booty hole brown and they going around singing these songs and drinking this liquor and, and, and smoking their drugs and they counting this money and they're portraying happiness, right? And you think that they're happy. And you and you questioning God, like, oh my God, Lord, my Savior, how come they are so happy? These people are looking for an escape. These people are looking for an escape. Because the main thing that's going to make Jesus attractive to them through you is how you handle your trials and your tribulations. I just have to personally personally, verbally say out loud, I have to commend DC Young Fly on how he handled that situation uh, with, the tri with uh, his mother, his, his children's mother when they passed. I have to, I have to say, I have not seen a greater faith <laughs> in people that are trying to, that they make Christian TikToks. This is somebody that does comedy and let's be real. Let's call a spade a spade. Would Jesus be happy with the type of comedy that he, he's doing? Probably not. But guess what? That's God's son. And guess what? 
things will change. The closer you get with God, God will remove certain things. But what's so funny is God allowed him to have that platform. And when he lost the mother of his children, this young man showed more faith. He showed more faith in a situation that a lot of us probably would have folded in. He said nothing but good things about God and not and not uh, doubting God and not questioning God. That's amazing. That is amazing. But yet a lot of people that's in the Christian faith that claim to have just such a best friendship with the Lord would not have acted like that if that was them. If you lost the mother of your children, you lost the father of your children, some of you can't even lose a friend from third grade without flipping the script. Some of you can't even go through a heartbreak without in the night of any time, call the story ever told. Y'all get so heartless out there. Some of y'all still ain't forgave the girl that broke your heart in the third grade. But had the nerve to get on here and profess Christ and talk about how God is so good, but you can't even show a greater faith than that young man showed in that moment. In that moment. And I'm, and I'm just being completely transparent. Us as believers in Christ, we have to conform to God's standard. We have to conform to God's standard. Meaning it don't matter what your viewpoint on abortion is. What did God say? If a non-believer came to you and said, yeah, girl, I'm not, I don't think I can keep this baby. And my thing is this, I'm not trying to condemn nobody that's had an abortion. I, I pray that you ask God for forgiveness and you broken that covenant between you and Molat because that's what abortion is. It is, it is, it is sacrificing um, to Molat the demon, right? And I will give you scripture on it, just remind me. But if a non-believer came to you, a believer and said, I don't think I'm going to keep my baby. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care how you feel about it. When you, when you, when you confess to be a believer of Christ, you have to give God's truth. Hey, sis, I know that it was unfortunate and, you know, you don't feel like you're going to be able to take care of your child. You're not ready for a child, but you have to understand something. That's God's baby. And in my faith, God does not agree with abortion. So I have to agree with my Lord and Savior. I think you should keep your, your, your child. And if God provides through me to help you during this season, no matter how, if y'all close like that, you got somebody that's going to be here with you throughout the process. Now, a non-believer, I mean, a, a believer in Christ who wants to have an abortion, guess what? Whole different story. That's when you start talking about the sacrifice and the Molech and all that stuff like that and what God said in First and Second Kings. You ain't got to do all that with the non-believer. Just tell them God's truth. I believe in Jesus Christ and I believe that. And he says that he does not agree with that. So I don't agree with that. Leave it alone. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Liberal, a lover of liberty. I don't care what you is. I don't care. When you voting out here, let's, let's just be real. When you voting out here and you hear people saying things like that, remember, you're voting for somebody that's voting against 
what your Lord and Savior believes in. Me personally, I'm not telling nobody not to express their right to vote. But you know, it was years. I don't think I voted until this last election that just passed uh, in 2020. Was it 2020? I think 2020. I skipped like the first two, three chances I had to vote. And I'll be honest with you. And people love to beat your side your head like, you didn't get out there to the polls and vote? Nah. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Because I remember a story in the Bible when God wanted to be king over his people. And they kept begging God to elect them a king. Me personally, my one little, my, my one little vote, it wasn't going to change nothing, no way. So I give my vote to Jesus. And that's just the truth. I'm not saying don't vote, but be careful when you vote. I hear all that uh, uh, choose between the less of evils. I'd rather not. I'd rather not put my hand on something like that. Because one day we're going to have to give an account for everything we said and everything we did. And when you sign your name and say, I vote for this person and this person go out there and start doing backflips and splits on 285, you just signed off on what that person did. You just signed off on what that person did. I always end up throwing something about financial literacy in them. Do you know why you shouldn't co-sign? Oh, man. I can show it to you in Proverbs. I can show it to you in Proverbs. Even God says in the Bible, do not take up security for your neighbor. He says that. Don't co-sign for nobody. Don't make an agreement to pay for nobody. Do you understand why co-signing is so wrong? And some of y'all don't even be... Now, it's a difference when you marry. It's a difference when you marry. But when you out here and you playing boyfriend, girlfriend, and your man want to go get a car and his credit ain't good, and you running down there like a dum-dum with a new ballpoint pen, ready for, him to, ready for him to get a car, guess what? You just signed your name on the line. Because if buddy boy... Don't pay for that car. They coming after you. Yeah, they hitting your credit up. That repossession going on both of y'all credit. Same thing with apartments. You know what I mean? Same thing with apartments. Okay, I love that question. What about parents co-signing for their children? You know, I was in a situation just like that when I got my truck uh, during the pandemic. I wanted my dad to co-sign for me. Me personally, I don't think it's nothing wrong with a parent doing it. You know, I mean, that's your child. Now, if your child grown and married, that's a different story. He's no longer your responsibility. But I mean, it's a difference. You got a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid trying to get a car that ain't got no credit bill. I mean, I don't think nothing's wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think that, I think that's a good parent. You know, but pray on it. Pray on it. Hey, pray on it. I prayed on it. I prayed on it, but because of my father's character, I believe that's what God told me not to do. You know what I'm saying? But hey, pray on that. But I don't think there's nothing wrong with you doing it for your children. I'm talking about you who running out here getting these apartments. Going out here getting these apartments. 
You know what I'm saying? Going out here and signing your name on these leases. Do you know, like, let me, and I'm, I'm saying all this because I did it before. I know y'all may say, oh, Chris, you look young or you young. Let me tell you something. Me and my sister, we had to grow up at an early age. So, yes, I did the apartment thing with a girlfriend. Let me tell you something. I did that one time. I did that one time. We didn't, we didn't even, we didn't even, I don't even think we made it three months. And then there was another time I thought I was slick. I thought I was slick. My lease was up in my apartment and she wanted me to come. And we got together. Well, it was, it was, it was a chick that spent the block on me. You know what I'm saying? She was a chick. She spent the block on me. You know what I mean? And I had my own spot. And she was just like, we got back together. Uh, and she was pretty much like, well, how about you just come to my place? You know what I'm saying? Woo, woo, woo. So I'm like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Knowing God told me don't do it. I wouldn't even know what that was her for, for two months. Just being real. Just being real. But on that subject, like I said, husbands and wives, my wife is on all my credit cards. It's nothing, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. My wife is on all my credit cards as a uh, Jesus Christ. Lord, what's what's that? What's it called when you put a, not a lien holder, but pretty much she's on my credit card. She's she's on my she's on my credit card to where like when I make a payment and my credit goes up, hers goes up too, like a trademark, something like that. You know what I mean? But we're married. That would have never happened playing boyfriend and girlfriend. When I met her, I told her I went uh playing boyfriend and girlfriend authorized user. That's what it's called. Thank you. Authorized user. Y'all so smart. That's why I love my family on here. But, 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 but to my point though, you don't want to put your name on nothing. So when you out here voting for people and, and when you out here, uh, voting for people and when you out here saying, yeah, I agree with this and I agree with that. If that person go out there and do the stanky leg, guess what? You condone that person's behavior. And when it comes to discipleship, that's how it looks when you claim the name of Jesus, but you out here acting the fool. Man, you can't tell me God's grace ain't good. When you, when you claiming the name of Jesus and you saying that his spirit lives inside of you, guess what? People that believe in Christ, Christians, are the most heavily watched people in the world. Tell somebody you're a believer and watch how they criticize everything you do. Every single thing you do. Tell somebody you believe in Jesus and you would think you had a thousand eyes on you. And that's just the truth. But see, I don't like to talk about problems and, and not provide solutions. What I used to mess up was, is that every time I responded, I said, I'm not going to let nobody try me like that. I'm not no punk. I'm not no HOE. I'm not going to be too many more of them. 
You ain't finna talk to me like that. Oh, you got me messed up. You not gonna take from me. You not gonna steal from me. And then I had to think about it. My life is not my own no more. Whether that person stole from me, whether that person cursed me out, as as long as that person didn't put their hands on me, I just I'm just gonna have to be one of them. You know what, my brother? All right. And I ain't talking about being nice, nasty. Actually showing love. How many of you can hug somebody that wronged you? Some of us are still holding on to grudges from years ago. Some of you mad at somebody right now. Do you know that it was times in my marriage, not even with my wife, but with my wife's family, that they have said things to me and I had to be the one to apologize. When I tell you me and Jesus had it out, when I tell you me and Jesus had it out for a minute, because I was being wrong over and over and over again with people saying not taking a chance to get to know me and stuff like that, and all they cared about was uh, uh, Michaela and is this person the best, and they said things that was hurtful. And you know, I still had to love them anyways. You don't understand how hard it is to love on somebody when they truly are the ones that wronged you. I appreciate that honesty. Some of you ain't there yet, but remember, the Lord says, if you don't forgive others of their sins, how could you expect your father to forgive you of yours? See, that's the, that's the kicker right there, baby. That's what I want people to understand right there. Because when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, it's between you and God. Because God gonna ask you, why didn't you forgive? And you gonna want forgiveness for when you sin, and it's gonna be like, mm mm, you didn't forgive, you didn't even forgive, buddy boy, you didn't even forgive, old girl. And that's when I had to learn that I cannot let another human being drive a spiritual wedge between me and my God, because I've done stuff in this life that needed forgiving. I've said things to people that needed forgiving. I have talked to women. I have awakened love in other women and then pursue it. I need forgiveness. I can't, I can't sit up here and, 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 and act like I don't need it myself. Okay, let's talk about forgiveness. Straight to it. I told y'all, it two plus two tonight. It two plus two tonight. Holding on to unforgiveness is Swallowing the poison and expecting the other person to die. I'm going to drink some water. Mm. And don't get me wrong, y'all. This sounds good, but this is, this is something I'm still dealing with to this day. This is something I'm still dealing with to this day. 
But this is the first step. And this is what a lot of y'all don't want to admit. You first have to go to God and say, Lord, I'm hurt. This is what a lot of y'all do. Y'all act like y'all too tough for nails. And some of you are the most sensitive beings. A lot of you men are sensitive. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being in tune with your emotions. Because I'm going to tell you, I've been through too much to bottle it. I can't bottle it in no more. Hold on, I'm going to put that to the side. we just going to prep that for a later dish. Let me cook right now. What you have to understand is you have to stop being too tough for nails. You got to stop being too tough for nails. You, you so sensitive that when your feelings are hurt, you don't even respond in, in sadness. Your initial response is anger. A lot of times your anger is your feelings being hurt. A lot of times your anger is your feelings being hurt. Because how movies portray it when you're sad, you cry. When you're frustrated, you're mad. Us, especially as black people, all we talk is anger. Because anger is the only emotion I'm about to cook. Anger is the only emotion that seems to be justified in this world that we live in. But when you go to the word of God, it says, be angry and sin not. If you cry, you weak. If you sad, you weak. If you forgive, you weak. The only thing that seems acceptable in this world is anger. But yet it's so many scripture verses on how God hates anger. Hmm. Ain't that suspicious? How we live in a world where anger is glorified? How we live in a world where it says that, you know, if you if you upset and if you mad, People don't look at you as weak. But when the last time somebody had the righteous anger to go knock somebody's head off and they did it and you praised that person for their strength. Do you know how much strength that it takes to smile and shake hands with somebody that hurts you? Do you know how much strength it takes to co-parent with somebody that hurts you? Is it, do you know how much strength it takes to allow a parent back into your life when they abandoned you? I don't, I don't think y'all understand that people who are slow to anger are the strongest in my eyes. For sure. People that are slow to anger are the strongest in my eyes. Because let's be real, some of us got some backgrounds, some of us got some cousins and some folk that ain't afraid by no prison. Some of us got some people where we can make a couple phone calls and missing posters will go up for somebody. But to sit up here and just say, you know what? Okay. Okay. 
you got to stop being too tough for nails. But see, this is where I target people who truly want to have a relationship with Christ. I target people that wants to have a relationship with God and truly see God as a provider, a healer, a protector. Because if Jesus had to take a nail in his hand for you, what make you think you ain't going to take no nail in your hand for him? Because what God is saying is, I got you. I know that that hurts you, but I need you to be like me because I died for that person that hurt you too, right? I died on the cross and rose again for those people that hurt you too. I died for that baby daddy that left you and them children or that baby mama that left you and them children or that man that cheated on you or that girl that cheated on you. I died for the sins of the world. That if they believe in me, they are saved by faith through grace. And guess what? This is where your reward comes in when it's time. Because you took a nail in your hand and you showed crisis, Christ-like behavior and love in that moment, you may have planted the seed, watered the seed, and guess what? That person is going to remember me like, Nobody's never, ever showed me that type of love. Hold on, hold on, because I'm cooking right now. I'm cooking right now. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't listening to me. I need somebody to talk to, because y'all ain't listening to me right now. I'm cooking. I'm cooking right now. I see you, baby, over there in the background. Thank you, boo. <laughs> I, I'm cooking. I'm cooking right now. Let me put this, okay, we, we just chopped up the onions and the bell peppers. All right, let's set this bowl to the side. Let me say this to y'all. Can we stop pretending that just because a person doesn't admit or acknowledge they was wrong, that they don't know they was wrong? Oh, my Lord. See, that's what it is. That's what it is. You think that because this person didn't verbally say I was wrong and I messed up. You think that because they didn't say it that they don't know. Let me tell you something. It's been times in my own house. Cause let's, just, let's just be 1,000. Come on. Come on. Let, let's just be 1,000. We, we all got a boo all bay. Some of us married. Let's just be 1,000. If you think that you finna get married and you finna treat your spouse like heaven on earth massage parlor 24-7 a day, you not. You still working on you. You still is a bag of flesh. Clinging to the spirit of God trying to be a better person and not move in that flesh. My wife, oh, I love my wife to death. My wife, I had to teach her that babe, you are not my problem. I got other stuff going on in life that can cause me to go into a funk, right? I could be thinking about money, job, career, why I just threw three interceptions back-to-back -back on Madden, why I can't seem to get over a 500 record on Madden. I could be thinking about anything and be pissed. And sometimes she'll say something to me and I'll, I just get annoyed. You know what I'm saying? 
And you know, about 30 minutes, she might go in the room sad because I was upset. You think just because I didn't say in that moment, baby, I was wrong, that I wasn't wrong? Because as soon as the words came out my mouth, I just need some, I just need to be alone right now. I just threw three interceptions, just pissed off. I'm over here thinking about money, and you know, she's trying to love on me, and I'm just, oh, I'm all right. You know, you know how men get sometimes. I have to go back and apologize. But do you know that also showing up, showing remorse and apologizing to a person is also Christ-like behavior? It's Christ-like behavior because God says, don't come to the altar, don't come to the altar with your sacrifice if you wronged your brother. He says that you need to leave your uh your uh your offering at the altar and go make amends with your brother. Now, Jesus never did nothing to nobody for him to have to apologize, but he clearly spoke on how we need to forgive people and also uh, make up with people when we do them wrong. You know, especially, let me say this, uh, hold on. All right, we got the onions and the bell peppers over there. Uh, uh, all right, let's, let's, let's put the, uh, the, the grease on in a minute. Let me say this. Fellas, especially you fellas that's aspiring to be husbands or dating, what you say to the woman that you love is always going to be remembered. How you said it, what you said. If you cannot control your tongue, go read the book of James. If you can't control your tongue, how can you control your body? If you can't control your tongue, your little flapper, how can you control your body? How can you avoid certain sins? You can't even avoid the sins of your mouth. How many of you are still out there making promises and not keeping them? Promising, promising. How many of you still doing that? I feel you, Holy Spirit. And I'm saying this because I was once a child. I don't have kids yet. But when I was a kid, my father made promises over and over and over again. And he never kept them. He never kept them. Even if he came through on one of his promises, I still remember all the other times he did. Say what you want to say, but that's the truth. Be very careful what you say to your children. If you say, I'm going to take you to the park, take them to the park. My grandmother, my, my, my dad's mother, she always told me, she said, I would never make a promise to you that I can't keep. Straight like that. The Bible even says, do not even make promises, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because guess what? Let's say you promise to take your church to the park. You don't even know if it's going to rain. What if it starts raining? Do you think that that child is probably going to be like, I understand rain. They don't care. They don't care. You still waiting on report card money. 
Man, I had an auntie tell me she was gonna give me $130 to buy some stuff back to school. This was like in 06. It's 2023. Do the math. Do the math. Right? So we're not gonna make promises. Cause that's not Christ-like. Let me bring it up to modern day. Hello? Hey girl, you still coming out with us tonight? Ah. You know, I got a lot of work to do. No, you don't. No, you don't. Now you made a promise to go out with your friends. And now you made up a lie why you can't go. Double C, double homicide. Right there. You know, when me and Matt got married, she wanted to be around her man, her man, her man, her man. It's just her. That's what it was. She didn't want to go out, and she wasn't like doing nothing crazy, but she didn't want to go out all the time. She wanted to be in her house. Can we be real? You know, sometimes you just want to enjoy your house. I think we all can agree to that. You know what I'm saying? My thing is this. The Bible says clearly. You notice I'm keep giving y'all a Bible. The Bible said clearly, right? That do not worry about tomorrow. Because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Or tomorrow has no trouble of his own. I'm going to be 100 with you. If it's Monday, don't talk to me about Friday. Don't talk to me about Friday. I would tell people in a, in a heartbeat, do not talk to me about Friday because guess what? I'm not going to make you a promise on Fridays or on Friday of Monday's strength. Because guess what? Today, I'm in a going out mood. Friday, I might not be in a going out mood. That's too much time for me in between. Now, I know some of us, we love to plan. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. I know the saying. I get it. But in truth, with certain things, you got to play it by ear. That is my thing. Play it by ear. Like, but if you make an intentional date, if you make an intentional date, you got to honor that. You got to honor that. And let me tell y'all something about that I'll let you know. Some of you know right then and there. Some of you know right then and there that the answer is no. And this is what goes back into Christ-like behavior. Some of you are still being invited to places you don't need to be at. But instead of making up excuses of why you can't go, you just can't put the nail in the coffin and say, that's not the place God wants me to be. For the latter part, for the second half of 2023, I want you all to be intentional on standing on God's word. Because they're just going to keep inviting you. They're just going to keep inviting you to these places. And you're going to keep coming up with excuses. And you're going to keep online when you just need to say, that's not a place God wants me to be. And on the flip side, don't be using God to get out of places. Because some of y'all quick, you know, I prayed on a girl. And I just don't think that God... Shut up. Shut up. 
Don't be lying on God. Don't be lying on God. You know, because another part of being a Christ, being Christ-like is opening yourself up to meet more people. Let me talk about black folk for a minute. No offense to my Caucasian, Asian, Hispanic followers. I'm talking about black folk, African-Americans, Bankhead Rays, MLK Drive, the slums of Brooklyn and Harlem, straight out of Chirac, wherever you from, I'm talking about y'all here in America because that's what I can speak on. That's what I can speak on. Let me talk to y'all. This will get on my nerves about y'all. We are such a people that when we go to functions or events, we will scope out the whole place and look for a group that makes us most feel comfortable to interact with. Straight like that. Some of us won't say nothing to nobody until we're around somebody that, you know, look like us, talk like us, or act like us. How are you reaching people like that? One thing I love about myself is that I can talk to anybody. White, black, brown, yellow, NASCAR hockey, MLB, soccer. I'm going to talk to you. Like my wife will tell you, I can hold a conversation with anybody. I don't got to know nothing about what you know. I'm a, I can talk to anybody. And I thank God for that. Because I'm not going to be bored. I'll tell you that right now. I ain't going to be bored. I'll talk to anybody. You said you do what? You said you play cricket. Yeah, I ain't never played cricket. I had I had my phone served with them one time, but it was trash. I went back to Metro. But yeah, yeah, how you do that? Oh, you play polo? Nah, I wear polo. But yeah, man. Yeah, I don't care. You might see me on the golf course this summer. Shoot. It's being real. Open up yourself to a different variety of people. Stop looking for comfortable. God has probably been trying to put people in your life this whole time. But because they're not your day ones, I just don't rock with everybody like that. I just, man, it ain't like, nobody telling you to be nobody's best friend. Try a person by their fruits. But can I be honest with you? How many of you guys, day ones, actually are helping put you in a better situation today? There we go. Stop looking for comfortable. And I'm, 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 I'm for real, man. I'm just, I'm just being 1,000 right now. How many of your day ones really are helping you get to where you're trying to go? How many of them are investing in you? Sometimes you post up and they don't even repost it. Babe, what you want for dinner? Cause they they not listening to me. I was gonna make shrimp and grits. That's my girl. Cause they ain't listening to us. <laughs> Some of you post things and they won't even repost it. But yet when you make it, they the first person to hop in the 16 passenger. This is G5. <laughs> you know, whatever takeoff said. I'm just being a mean. Now, does that mean 
don't love them, don't be friends with them, no. But let me tell you something. You don't repost my stuff. Some of your friends probably ain't even watched your stuff. Some of you have YouTubes and businesses and you do all these type of things. And some of them don't even repost it. Some of them don't even buy from you. I'm just being a bit, I'm just keeping it above 50. Like, 100 ain't 100 no more. Y'all see in America, the currency done went down. I got to keep it above 50. Some of them don't. But I will also say that neither do you. Neither do you. You ain't always reposted something one of your friends posted. But then you look for the same support elsewhere. And some of you do repost everything your friend posts. But then you expect that from them and they won't do it. But then you got this little white girl over here or this little black girl over here that don't know you from a can of paint met you on TikTok. But every time you post something, they the main one under your picture. Yes! This girl live on the, on, in, in, with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This girl live in the mansion that the Spice Girls were staying in. This person somewhere in Ghana. But you don't know them from a can of paint. But every time you post something, yes, girl, oh my God. I can't believe you doing this. You done came a long way. I remember your first nail set that you did. It was gel acrylic. It had uh, scissors and bubble gum and can't. They remember everything you did. But your day ones. Your day ones. Never gave you none of that. They never gave you none of that. But you know what? I'm going to be fair. Because I like to be fair. You also have those friends that do support you. But they don't do the reposting and things because they somewhat always did believe in you. Because I, I refuse to base a relationship off of what you do on social media. And I know you're like, Chris, where you going with this? But let's just be real. Some people are not just people like that. They're not reposters. But when you throw something and when you need something and when they got you, they got you. And see, this is where you have to understand where do you put your friends at in this season of your life? Your day ones might not be your reposters. They might not be yo all on your social media. But if you need $200, they got you. Right? But see, this is where you got to separate. So your girl, Sanjanique, a.k.a. Nick has partnered up with Slaughter University to bless us with some custom merch. If you want some Slaughter University merch or just want some custom merch in general, hit her up and her business be unique. Promo code in the description.
This is where you got to expand your circle. This is where you got to say, you know what? This is the type of friend I was. I was the type of friend, man, I'm 10 toes down. Man, I treat all my partners the same. I never treat any one of my partners looking like YC from the Rats on Rat video. I never treat any of my partner different. Because I'm solid. I had to learn how to be a little liquidy. I had to learn how to be a little gassy. Be water, but understand it's different forms. Solid with some, liquid with others, vapor with, some, with, with the rest on. That's just the truth. I feel like your day ones, people that you know you can trust, those people that you can let around. The people that can that, that can handle the serious stuff, the secrets and stuff like that. People you know that ain't gonna, you know what I'm saying, flip on you. Then you might got your supporters. They might be at every fundraiser. They might be at every gathering. They might throw you business showers. They they might they might be them. And then you got some people that's your likes and comments. Always reposting. Always buying from you. You might talk to them on holidays. You talk to them through Facebook. You see their kids grow up through Instagram. That might just be what it is. You might can't get $200 out your vapor friends. But you could probably get $200 out your day ones. But let me tell you something. Some of y'all need to do some promoting and demoting. I feel like I'm giving it to them too hard right now. I think I need to drink some water. I need to drink some water. We about 30 years old, if not 30 years old, close to 30 years old. It's time to do some promoting and demoting. It's time to really understand who needs to be the day one in this season of your life. Who needs to be the day one in this season of my life? Because what God is taking you, guess what? That, that, that person from elementary school might not need to be there because God could be doing something in their life that requires a little bit of separation. Because see, when you rock with somebody you don't know like that, you're more, you're more liable to lean into God. Because when you rock it with your day ones, you make them your God. Slaughter University merchandise, y'all. One of my friends that I met at work, she made these for us. I'm going to drop the link. You guys can definitely send my bio. I'm, I'm going to talk about merchandise because y'all ain't listening to what God's saying. So let's talk about merchandise. Let's, let's, let's talk about merchandise. I know y'all can't see it right now, but I got my shirts up there. You know what I mean? But you'll see it on YouTube. But I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Thank you. Let me shut up and keep on talking. Bruh, it's time to promote and, and, and demote. You will make your friends your God. You don't lean on God. Let me tell you something. One of my day ones, when I needed something, guess what? He always had me on finances. He had me all the time to the point that I didn't even have to be financially responsible. Because I felt like if I blow it, I could just add my boy and I give it back to him on my payday. 
that was my God. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. That was my God. To the point that I didn't even have to be a good financial steward. Because I felt like if I messed up the sack, I could just go get it from my boy and I'd pay it back. Because my face card was good with him. But is my face card good with the Lord? Can the Lord trust me with more? Yeah, your boy can trust you with more, but can the Lord trust me with more? And guess what? I put my boy in a bad spot with God because guess what? My God is a jealous God. So guess what? If I'm idolizing him, God finna shut all that down. Now he ain't getting no money. He wondering why his sack messed up. Because he was getting my worship. I wasn't praying as much. I wasn't thinking as much. Do y'all want real to Or y'all want play play? Because if you want real, I'm going to give you real. But I, I can't give you play play. This is why truly building a relationship with God Seeking after his kingdom and his righteousness. You got to understand who's in control. Because when you really submit yourself unto God, guess what? You realize that anybody can go at any moment. I'll be so real with you. It was at times in my mind, I didn't even know if my day ones was going to be my day ones. Not that it was nothing that they did. But somewhat, I kind of felt like we wasn't talking every day as we used to. I'm like, man, I'm used to talking to this person every single day. And it's like, we might talk every other week or once a week. Now, when we talk, the love is still there. But I noticed that it's a distance. And it's like, no matter how hard I try to get back to the way it was when we was talking every single day, something would come up where it was distance in between our conversations. And I started to feel that. And I was like, Lord, are you taking my day ones from me? And the Lord said, I'm not trying to, but you trying me. I said, Lord, are you taking my day ones from me? He said, I'm not trying to, but you trying me. I will not be second to nobody. This ain't the beginning. What's going on, Jackie? This, 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 this ain't the beginning of your walk with Christ. See, now you know better. You know better now. See, God is trying to do a new thing, but in order to do that new thing, he could take that old thing. Because some of our friends' characters are still the same. Some of them. Some of them are still the same. So when you're still walking around in attitudes and anger and agitation and frustration, guess what? You don't go pray to God and ask God to help you do that. No, you go call somebody that's going to agree with your BS. You get ready to quit a job, you know who to call. Bro, don't fall that try me, bro. I've been telling you to quit for the longest. But is they going to pay your bills? 
See, you know not to call Amber. You know not to call uh Charles. Because you know he's going to be like, well, Chris, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that's a good look. You can always look for another job. But you never want to mess up your flow of income. Man, bye, Charles. Bye. Because, see, you don't understand, Charles. You don't understand, Amber. You don't get it. You're not here every day. Did, can you believe what they said to me? Now, I shared my, my story about why I left my job. Never compromise your morals and your standards for anything. I'm talking about the, the BS we used to get mad about. The BS. When are we going to get back to a point as children of God, as believers in Christ, that God opinion is the only opinion that matters? Let me tell you something. I'm going to just be transparent. I'm going to be so transparent with y'all. Ooh. This water. I might need some tequila. <laughs> Let me be so transparent with y'all. It's a joke. Don't be a drunkard. Nah, I take a shot of tequila every now and again. That's just me. A shot. A shot. Some of y'all take it too far. This is not a shot. I be seeing y'all Instagram stories. This is not a shot. This is a shot. But anyways, when I left my job at the car dealership, I was talking to my wife and um, my sister in Christ about it when they was over here. I know I can make a lot of money. I know I could do good in it. In 20 days, 29 days, I sold 11 cars. I had to do two splits, but overall, I sold to 11 people. God showed me that I can do sales. And I really wanted to get into sales because I love talking to people. I love uh, getting to know people. And I know I can make a lot of money. Right? But I went out today to other dealerships. And as I was sitting in the dealership, I wasn't my normal energy. Like, yeah, you know, da 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 da. I can bring this to the table. I can bring this to the table. I pretty much was like, are you a good fit for me? Nah, bro, you're not interviewing me no more. I'm interviewing you. Is this a place I can be at, man? Is this a place I can grow? Like, like what we doing? You know what I'm saying? And honestly, he was he was like, oh, well, we, I'm going to send your stuff to HR and they'll give you a call. In the back of my mind, I was like, I really don't want you to call me. Because I'm really only here because my wife suggested that maybe I should just give it another chance at another dealership. Was she wrong for what she said? No. But guess what? God knows me better than my wife knows me. But yet my wife was at peace with anything that I, I would have did. So my thing is, if I'm praying to God and saying, God, I wanted to do something different. Why am I still going and applying for the same thing? You literally just left out of the car business and you asking God for different, but you went back to the car business? That don't make sense. Lord, I don't want to drink alcohol no more. So you just left the ABC store and you went straight to Total Wine. You just trying to find a softer version of what God is trying to bring you out of. And then I started thinking about how it looked. You know, you know, if I was a car salesman, that looks a lot better. 
My overall goal is to go into real estate. I'm just getting the money up for the classes. And I'm, I'm sharing that with you because I want to deliver some people from what it looks like. I said, I want to just get my foot in the door with sales, get in my groove, you know what I'm saying? Uh, go And once I take my, my state test to do real estate, then I will transition. My thing is, if all you're doing is trying to take a test to go into something that's your end goal, what does it matter what you're doing right now? And as I was looking for sales job, I saw that Verizon was hiring. And I said, you know what? I said, I wouldn't mind doing that. The hours are good. The money is good. You know, it's a good hour. It's the same thing I was making at the post office. And I get commission. And I could work and get my foot in doing sales. I would rather do that. But you know what I started thinking about? What would it look like to be working at Verizon? And I said, what does it matter? What does it matter? God knows the plans that he has for my life. It don't matter if you working at uh, Boo Boo's Bookshelf Club. If you know that this is not your end goal, it don't matter what people see right now. Because they didn't believe Jesus in Nazareth. But they believe him when he rose off that cross, out that grave. See, you want to be exalted now. It don't matter now. And see, that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to start considering everybody else's opinions. Because God's plan is not going to make sense to you. You start thinking, oh, maybe I need to go to the military. Oh, that would be... Maybe it's too late, man. Maybe I just need to go to the military, uh, uh, get some security, uh, get this 20, 20% down on a house and live a mediocre life. Always regretting what could have been. Always regretting what it could have been. Hey, if you work at MC Denals, get that money. Because what a lot of people don't want to realize, MC Denals is almost paying $16, $17 now. But you know your end goal. It's not what you do. It's what you do with what you get. Because if you don't take what you get from McDonald's, from a car dealership, from whatever school you're working at or whatever you're doing. If you don't take what you get and invest it into what God is telling you to go, you're never going to get there. And that's how you be stuck at a job for 10 years because you let the devil trick you into comfortability because you're scared of taking a chance. Let me tell you something. I serve a God that my whole life can change tomorrow. What if I would have just gave up and said, you know what, I'm going to go into the military. I shut Slaughter University down because I've done it before. I started making videos at one point and I shut it down, delete everything, and y'all wonder what happened to Chris. And you're going to try to live a normal life. And God just keep bringing you back. Nope. Because God's plan don't look like your plan. Guess what? One day... What if just one YouTube video, it can go hit a million views overnight. 
And just like that, your whole life is changed. But if you keep quitting, you're never going to get there. You making bracelets. You, you, you making t-shirts. You designing clothes. You doing this. And you and you sell a shirt today and don't sell one tomorrow. You sell three shirts on Friday. You don't sell for two. Guess what? All it takes is to sell the right sh- the 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 the, uh, the right shirt to the right person, and your whole life has changed. Your whole life has changed. All this foolish music y'all listen to, and I've been saying this since Kitty was a cat and and Hector was a puppy. You cannot look me in my eyes and tell me that. People like Lil Uzi Vert deserves to be on the stage with that demonic worshiping music. Regardless if it was demonic or not, it's garbage. Lil Uzi Vert, Trippy Red. Man, I see these freshman cover albums and I'm like, who are these people? But then again, I don't really dabble in secular music too much. No more. And to be completely 100, I'm trying not to listen to nothing because I've been tempted to go listen to that new Ghana. And let me tell you, I was this close. I was this close to typing him in my Apple Music, but I had to remember who I was trying to please. I had to let Ghana go. I had to let Ghana go. But being honest, back to the music. You know why people like Lil Uzi Vert and, and Trippy Red and all these other people that just seem to be making all this money and do, you know, it's because they were consistent. Along with their blood sacrifices and covenants they made with Satan, they were consistent. They were consistent. They were consistent. You can call it trash all you want to, but it's consistent trash. You know, a drop of water on the rock over time will split the rock. I had to take a shot of water. A drop of water on a rock consistently over time will split the rock. It is consistency. It don't matter if if God called you to speak to people and make TikToks. It don't matter if it's 10 likes, 11 likes, 12 likes, 3 comments. Keep doing it. Because God trusts those who remain faithful and consistent. You have to remain faithful and consistent in what God is showing you. See, you want an overnight delivery. You, you want to tell God, God, you can trust me. God knows that he can trust you. But do you know that you can trust you? You don't believe that God can trust you. don't believe that you can trust you because you're not being consistent with what God told you to do right now. You, you aren't consistent with what God is telling you to do right now. You want to walk the fence. Because see, right now, and I thank you for that comment, brother. I, I thank you for that comment. Let's just be real. I was doing comedy at one point. I was making comedy videos. 
But see, what I want to do is make my comedy content, and then when I got my awards, I want to say, well, thank you, Jesus. My content wasn't glorifying Jesus at all. I'm just saying thank you, God. But see, what glorifies Jesus is saying, I'm not going to use my gifts for the world. I'm going to use my gifts for you. And guess what? As I have somewhat of a growing platform now, I'm able to use my comedic talent to help get the word across. I be so serious on him, but y'all be finding me so funny. That's what God wanted to do. Use his gifts to glorify him, not the world. See, we want to walk that fence. We want to walk that line because we're not trying to please the one that gives us all these things. We don't stand up for Christ. Because first of all, standing up for Christ is not just saying you believe that Jesus is God. Standing up for Christ is, is walking that narrow path when everybody else is walking the wild. How many of you can honestly say that when it comes to doing something that you know God is not approved of, you don't make an excuse. You just say, my God that died for my sins would not approve of me doing that. We all guilty of that. We are all guilty of that. But yet we want God to trust us with more. Yet we want God to increase us more and more. And that's just being real. That's just being real. And by all means, I want to understand something. I'm not judging you or condemning you because it took me a long time to let go of what I wanted to hold on to. It took me a long time. But can I be honest? Your desire for wanting to use your gifts for what you want to use them for, they don't just go away. You have to completely let God renew your heart and put Christ at the forefront of your heart. And let me also say this too, because I see my brother right here as a comedian, brother, and I believe you probably might be really funny, but I'm gonna say something to you personally, Ralph. Be a comedian. You don't have to be a Christian comedian. Be a comedian. If you are naturally funny, be funny. Show the world that you can be funny and appropriate at the same time. You don't have to cuss to be funny. You don't have to make dirty jokes to be funny. You don't have to look like the world to be funny. If you are naturally funny, people are going to laugh at you regardless. Because I'll tell you something, brother, personally. I am not a fan of gospel rap. Don't jump on me. Don't beat me down. But I'm going to be real with you. And I understand a lot of people have told me time and time again, it is good Christian artists out here. And I believe you. But let me tell you something. I want to hear that Ghana. I'm still fighting Ghana right now. I'm trying my hardest not to listen to that new Ghana right now. Pray for your brother. Because let me tell you, he's been on the back of my neck for a minute. 
I be scrolling down TikTok and I hear that song because I'm from Atlanta. I already been on all his stuff before this new stuff came out. Every single day, I be like, when I be playing the game, I be trying not to cut on that. Lord help me when Lil Baby drops something. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do when Lil Baby drops something. I might just have to get off the internet altogether. But it's taking everything in me not to listen to no rap. I don't like gospel rap. And I tell people that all the time. I believe you can rap without talking about shooting the devil chin off. My wife want to be a nurse. How you glorify being a nurse is by Christ-like characteristics in your everyday workplace. When you work in those 12-hour shifts, when you work in those uh, three-day, 12-hour shifts, when, when there's times where you want to be agitated, when you're dealing with sick people, remember God brought you there because he wanted you to be around the sick because he wanted you to pray for them. See, God can do all things when he gave us free will and he's waiting for us to give him permission to act on people because he's not going to go against people's free will. I give you Bible. The Lord never willingly walked up to somebody and healed them. Everybody that received healing from Jesus asked for it. Asked for it. Asked for it. So when you in that hospital, you walk in there and you reset that atmosphere. You walk through those holes, those, those halls, and you just plead the blood of Jesus, and you just plead Jesus' name over every patient up in there. You, you cast out all those infirmities. Ain't no such thing as a deliverance ministry. We all can cast out demons. We are all given the authority to cast out demons. To cast out people, uh, uh, to cast out sickness in people, to touch people. We all, God gave that to us. But if a demon is not listening to you, it's because you're not connected to the vine. They don't know you. They're going to jump on you like the brothers, the, the brothers of Skeever brothers. You can't be out here in the world doing what you want to do, taking shots and then going to the hospital and get out. They're going to knock you aside your head. No, you stay connected to that vine and understand that you have a divine purpose because you are around people that need praying. You ain't got to disrespect nobody, nobody beliefs. But it ain't nothing that's put your hand on the end of the bed and while they sleep, say, Lord, in Jesus' name, you heal, you rise. Any infirmity in this person, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I cancel it. And you go on about your bed. But like I was saying to my brother doing Christian comedy, be funny. If you want to incorporate a joke in there about something you found funny in the Bible, by all means. But I keep trying to tell people, you don't have to let God's stuff be God's stuff. That's just me. That, like, when people get to understand me, I'm a very down-to-earth person. I'm very funny. I'm very cool to be around. I, 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 I love people. When we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about Jesus, and we're going to have a great time talking about Jesus. But when it's time for us to go bowling, do not be out there talking about no John 316 when I'm trying to bowl a strike. I am not trying to hit it. Do not be talking about Ephesians 5 
when we at the basketball game. I just believe that we have to understand that God called us into the world to reflect his character, to draw people towards him. That's the truth. I think that it's great that somebody can be a comedian and be a clean comic. A clean comic. Just being real. Because when it comes to this this Christian gospel rap, I ain't trying to talk about nobody. It's just not my cup of tea. Maybe I was just too too deep into the world and music that it's hard for me. But I like worship music. I like music meant for worship and praise. I am not trying to be over there doing all this to gospel rap. That's not me. I like worship and praise music. And if God says that he don't want me listening to certain secular music, then guess what? I don't. Do I believe that all secular songs are just, why do you listen to that? No, I love me a good love song. One of my favorite songs is All My Life by Casey and JoJo. That's one of my favorite songs. Now, if you want to use, like my wife just said, she loves gospel rap. That's why we don't take her car. I don't be trying to hear that. I'm not trying to hear you talk about all that. I'm just not. I I dare somebody uh, to make music that's not glorifying the world, but not trying to put God in it to get some kudos on the back. You know what I mean? Hey, y'all love gospel gospel rap. I'm not trying to take that from you. I'm just talking about your boy. I I ride. I listen to podcasts. I listen to sermons. When I ride, I might listen to some R&B. Depending on what it is and who it is. Some R&B. Maybe even some rap. Depending on who it is and what it is. But I see, just Paul the Messenger. That just threw me to the left. Because if a guy told me to listen to his song, his name was Paul the Messenger, I was like, I read two-thirds of the New Testament. I heard everything Paul had to say. I am not trying to hear it in my car. Right? I read Paul. I read something Paul said almost every day in the New Testament. I ain't trying to hear Paul. I ain't trying to hear Paul. Let Paul go on about his day. Let let, 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 let Paul go on about his, his day. Thank you. Podcast suggestions, you got me right here. Spotify, Apple Music. Shoot, these pods be long enough for you to get your workout in, but no. Uh, it's many Christian podcasts you can listen to. Um, whoever fits your cup of tea. But to the discipleship, us as believers, I want us to understand wholeheartedly that we are going to be held accountable everything that we say one day right we're going to be held accountable for everything that we say one day so when you out here in this world I want you all to understand that being a reflection of Christ is standing on what he stands 
on. Not your own personal opinions. Not your own personal thoughts. Straight up. Straight up. Choose in Christ. I'm going to be real with y'all. I need another shot of water. Nobody wants to be disliked. Nobody wants to um, feel like the oddball out. But what we have to understand as believers that this world is temporary. This world is temporary. Where you're going is eternity. It is forever. It is never going to be an end. And what you earn and inherit in heaven is going to be yours forever. And if you continue to follow in the world in its temporariness, when you get to heaven, if you don't have no rewards, you're not going to have no rewards forever. It's not no, I'm getting promoted in heaven. No, when God start handing out the jobs, to the people that did what they were supposed to do. That's it. That's that's done deal. It ain't no, I'm going to work super hard and I'm going to take Paul's spot. No, no. Because you was listening to Paul the messenger. Instead of following Paul, like he said, as he followed Christ. You have to stop trying to be liked in this world. You have to stop trying to be accepted by this world. It's things that you're going to do that pleases God, but hurts you. As I said earlier in this part, it's going to be times where you're going to have to forgive people and apologize to people that owe you an apology. That don't feel good, but it was glorifying to Christ. Y'all, when it comes to unbelievers, stop trying to be their friend to draw them in. Oh, wow. I'm out here rhyming. I might need to be a Christian rapper now. Just, just being real. You don't have to try to, uh, to be their friend to draw them in. You are not Jesus. By reflecting Christ-like character, and letting Jesus light shine through you, you are planting seeds everywhere you go, whether that person accepts it or not. You know, sometimes I just stop lying about when, like, if, if like, I one time I asked my manager, I said, "Can I get off a little bit early so I can go to Bible study?" I didn't make up a lie about why I need to get off. I told him where I was going. Instead of sitting on my phone scrolling on my break, I, I read my Bible. I can't tell you how many conversations sparked just by me reading my Bible. How many conversations sparked when people was like, oh, you still read your Bible? It has been people that have been Jehovah Witnesses or different faiths. And they say, well, my husband uh, was a Jehovah Witness or I was raised Jehovah Witness, uh, but this person was a Christian. I kind of just don't know what to believe. That's an opportunity for you to share the gospel. 
But when you out here throwing your pearls on, on dogs and pigs, not calling nobody a dog or a pig, but Jesus was showing you that you don't give good things to animals because they will trample over them. They don't know how to take care of them. The gospel is something that others don't know how to take care of. Why do you think that when Jesus revealed himself, he revealed it to the nation of Israel? His people, his chosen people, which still rejected him, but you know, his chosen people. And that's why he told the Pharisees and the scribes. When they said that he was, they said, oh, he cast out demons by uh, Beelzebub. And the Lord gave me a revelation about that uh, a few days ago. Jesus said that, well, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, then who do your sons cast them out by? And see, that's the reason why your sons are going to judge you. Straight like that. He said, well, your sons are going to judge you. And if you want to talk about being disrespected, how do you think it, it feels to be the, the creator of the heavens and the earth God wrapped in flesh and then be called Satan. But still respond to people in love and kindness. Because showing the reflection of who God is should be more important to what somebody feels about you or how you feel about somebody else. Let me tell you something. <laughs> me and Matt was talking about this today. And it almost brought me to tears because we woke up this morning. We usually like have Bible study with each other when we when we can since I've been out of work or whatnot. And we was talking about eternity and 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 what happens um, when a person when a person dies. And I was reading this scripture. It's right here. I gotta highlight it. Just, just hold on. See, I was about to sing Drake. That's how you know I got a Lord working on me. Lord working on me. I was jumping ahead of myself. So pretty much the scripture was saying, I, I know what it was. I just want to read it verbatim. <laughs> Okay, it was talking about signs, right? Uh, just verse 40 says, For just as Jonah was in, was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea, uh, in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So, when I read that verse, and I've read that verse so many times, I'm going to read it again. It says, but I tell you on the day of, oh, sorry, wrong one. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. This is what's so amazing about God. I've read that scripture verse more times than I wrote my name on a piece of paper. And it never dawned on me. I said, wait a minute, Lord. You never was buried. I said, wait a minute, Lord. You never was buried. You was taken off the cross and laid in the tomb. So you was never buried in the earth. 
And that's why they say when Jesus died on the cross, he took our sins to hell and set the captives free. And he rose again in all power, giving all authority, ascending eventually to the right hand of the Father. His body never went in the earth. He did. And he took all your sins with him. All the sins of the world with him. Down there with him. That those who believe on me, I have paid the price. And I have put them in the ground. And he took the keys back from the devil. That he could never threaten you with death. The great thing about that right there is that hell is really a real place. And when you start to really see that and understand that one day this is all going to be gone. When is a person's salvation going to matter more to you than what? Of uh, uh, somebody said to you does. I said, Lord, people are really not showing Christ, but not understanding that you are after their salvation. Your goal is to save a person. And through my being hurt, through my trials, through my tribulations, you are reflected. And you use that to draw a person to you so that they may call and believe on you so that when judgment comes, their sins too will be paid for. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Because I don't know. Because that really did something for me. That did something to me. Me being hurt ain't about me being hurt no more. Me being hurt is an opportunity to reflect Christ so that he can use that hurt to draw, so he can use the love that I show to draw people to him. So guess what? When God comes for judgment, they can show their receipt and be like, uh-uh. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Right? The wages of sin is death. So for everybody that don't believe in Christ, don't believe in what he did on the cross, you have to pay for sinning against God. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. You're going to have to pay for your sins against God. Regardless of what you believe, sinning against God is a price in his death. But when that time comes, Jesus already paid for it, so you good. You good as far as your salvation is concerned. But see, true believers in Christ are not people that just say, I believe. Because he says on that day, people will confess, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Lord, didn't I do that? Depart from me, I never knew you. Because see, when you really believe in what somebody did, when you really believe why they came, who he was, and why he did it, and who you are as a new creation, you got to walk that walk. And if you stumble, you repent, you turn away, and you keep walking that walk. But those of you who are truly not trying to change, saying that I'm going to still sleep with all the women I want to sleep with, lie to all the people I want to lie to, kill all the people I want to kill, 
that's not somebody that truly believes in Christ. And you would have to pay for that. So me being hurt no more is about me. When, I, when my feelings are hurt, I say, Lord, this is an opportunity for you to show yourself through me, get the glory, and draw somebody back to you so that on the day of judgment, they don't have to pay for their sins against the Father. If that ain't enough, if that's not enough, for you to look at your hurt and your pain differently, your unforgiveness differently, if that's not enough, then I don't know what is. Because you have people that tell you stories about how God showed them hell. And understand something, hell is just a separation from God. God don't send you to hell, you send yourself to hell. Because when a person stands before God on judgment, he is going to show you every single time he tried to draw you near to him and every single time you deny him. See, this is stuff people don't want to talk about. This is stuff people don't want to talk about. See, hell is the opposite of God. The sun rises on the righteous and the unrighteous. Because God's goodness, God is in the is in the earth. God's presence is in the earth. This all this air. Yeah, that's God. That's God's breath. That's God's breath you breathe. Yeah, all that that's God. Yeah, that's God. All that, all that, that's that's God. It's not, it's not just, just oxygen in the plants and photosynthesis. With it's, yeah, it's, it's God, it's God. Yeah, God's good, God, yeah. That's his breath. When you wake up in the morning, it's because he lets you wake up. You being able to walk, that's because he's allowing you to walk. That's his strength in you allowing your body to move. Yeah, man, that's, that's God. That's God. And see, Hell is God removed. You can barely breathe. You're being tormented. When you chose your flesh, he gave you your flesh. Every cut, every scrape, every bruise, every time your body felt pain. Oh, you thought that when you got punched in the eye that one time and your eye healed, and it don't hurt no more. You think that pain has just subsided. No, that's God giving you healing over the air of your body. But see, when you choose your flesh over God and you go to hell and he remove his goodness and all his healing from you, everything that wants hurting on your body is going to hurt. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be thirsty. But there ain't going to be no water for you. It ain't going to be no food for you. And you won't be able to might even see into heaven and see what could have been. That's torture. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I'm sorry. Love you too, B. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. At the end of the day, let's just be real. When you think about it like that, I don't even think the worst person in the world deserves that. If your booty hole ever itched, you'll never be able to scratch it. 
if your wisdom teeth acted up, you'll, you'll never be able to, to put some aura gel on it. When you choose your flesh, right? That's what God gave you, your flesh. So we have to look at discipleship differently. We have to look at it as what is pleasing to God? What gets God the most glory? In every single thing that I do. When is salvation going to become the main thing again? Are you willing to be laughed at for choosing the narrow path just so somebody out of the group can say, hmm, I wonder why he did that. I dare you. When you go out with your unbelieving friends or co-workers or people that you know, I dare you not to do what everybody else is doing. I dare you not. When everybody taking shots, having three, four shots, I dare you not to drink it all. Or have one shot. I challenge you to be the designated driver. I remember one time, one of my boys um, that I had met through another one of my boys, um, he had a party. Well, he had a party, but we went out for his birthday. We went to Dive Bar out there in Buckhead when we was in Atlanta. And I'm talking about they was going crazy. Them boys was having a good time. Man, they was all on the dance floor. I'm talking about shirt off, dancing. At first, I told them I, at first I told him, but that's Bianca. She was talking to me, not you. Oh. <laughs> she was talking to me. Um, so. Well, I am you, so we're one. <laughs> yeah. So, we, uh, at first I told him I wasn't going to go. Because I was like, man, you know, God won't want me in a place like that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But then all of a sudden, something was like, no, you need to go. And I said, wait, this can't be God. Telling me to go to the dive bar in Buckhead, 3 o'clock in the morning. But I left and I went. Those boys were so excited to see me when I showed up. They was on a party bus and everything. When I pulled up, they were so excited to see me. Do you know when I went in the dive bar, while they was all on the floor, shirt off, dancing, getting their groove on, taking their shots, I was sitting on the bar stool in the corner of the club by the bouncer. And everybody kept going to my friends. Is your boy all right? Is he good? Is he good? They were like, no, nah, he good. And they asked me, like, why are you not out there? I'm just here because my friend is having a good time. But these type of activities, I don't, you know, whatever, because I believe in God and he wouldn't want me doing all that stuff. Right? That's that's what I said. Do you know that later on, just by me standing in the corner, not doing the things that they were doing that night, made people inquire about why? And come to find out them same people that inquired were believers in Christ too. But they was doing the same thing everybody else was doing. Some of them was non-believers that wanted to believe. 
And because I gave God his glory and told the truth of why I wasn't doing those things, God used that as a way to draw people to him and people back to him. Now, if you're not strong enough to go to the club, and which you shouldn't be in the club anyway, but in that particular moment, I felt like I was led there for that moment so that people could ask me those questions and God can draw them back to him because that's what ended up happening. But you you literally got to be in tune with the spirit and know, not just because you really want to be in club crucial. You know what I'm saying? Just Not just you really want to be in Magic City. I'm talking about you, you really got to understand when you're led to certain situations in certain worldly areas because everybody's not strong enough to do certain things. Some of you want to be strong enough, but you're not strong enough. Some of you not strong enough to be around alcohol, marijuana. Uh, some of you not strong enough to be around uh, somebody when they shirt off. You know what I'm saying? And you can't do what everybody else do. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's just the truth. You can't. Some of you can say, "Oh, well, you know, I um, God says that." I can drink, I just can't be a drunkard. Yeah, but the Bible also says that all things may be lawful, but all things may not be profitable for you either. If God delivers somebody from sugar, he's not gonna tell them to go work at Twinkie, or Crumble Cookie, or Duck Donuts, or Dunkin' Donuts. If God delivers you from coffee, he's not gonna tell you to go uh, work at Caribou Coffee. That's just the truth. You, you can't try to put on everybody's shoes. Like some people, when they get delivered from drugs, um, one of my unks, that's a pastor, he had uh, told me that he always talks about how he had a drug problem back in the day. And alcohol always led him to go back to drugs. So he don't even go to bars. It was one time his friend... Um, was having a celebration at a restaurant, but they sold alcohol there. You know what he did? He called his friend outside and gave him a gift and a hug and told him, I love you, but you know, because of my deliverance, I can't go inside her because I don't even want to be around her. You cannot try to do everything because you see somebody else do it. You know what I'm saying? Like my girl said, she's a bar girl. Hey, me personally, me and my wife, we'll go to the, we'll go to Applebee's and we'll sit at the bar. You know, we'll go to Applebee's and we'll sit at the bar. When they had a little wing Wednesdays, when they what it called, babe, like boneless wing Wednesday, they fit the same wings or something like that. I don't know, I think she's a wing burger. Uh huh. What she get? And we might have us a shot, and then that's it. We know our limit. You might can't do what we do. As far as depression, Bianca, to ask you a question about depression. Let me tell you something. See, a lot of people don't know. Bianca has been a best friend of mine since high school. You know what I'm saying? My depression used to be really bad. Really, really bad. How I came out of depression, and it's a good because it actually ties into what we're talking about, because a lot of people don't know how to come out of that depression. A lot of people don't know how to come out of... Everything alright? Yeah, I'm about to die. Okay. Everything 
when when I was going through depression, first of all, you got to rebuke that spirit. That's just straight up. You got to rebuke that spirit and you have to cast that spirit down. Right? Once you rebuke it and cast that spirit down, you have to bind that spirit and cast it out to all the darkness. Look up scripture verses on depression. Look up what the Bible says about depression. You have to recite those words over your life and to the point to where you believe it. I'm talking about to where you believe it. Some of us will say things and don't believe it. You have to believe in the word in order for you to understand. It's crazy how these witches and these warlocks, they believe in the word. You, you don't, y'all don't believe that. It's a such thing called a, it's called a Christian witch. I told my wife that she didn't believe me. Go on Amazon right now. Just put this live in the side of your, of your phone. And, and if you go to Amazon and type in Christian witch, it's a book teaching people how to be a witch using the word of God. The enemy knows the word is real because God's word won't return him void. And they use the word of God to cast spells on people. So why are you and us not using the word for what it's meant for? The best way to come out of depression is understand what got you depressed. What got you depressed? Because some of us are depressed because of certain reasons. I gained weight. One titty bigger than the other one. Not making as much money as I used to. All this stuff can be counted with scripture. I've been waiting on a promotion. That got me depressed. Well, the Bible says you'll be the head and not the tail. Why are you not quoting it over your life? If it's God's will for you to be in that position, then guess what? Lord, you said I'll be the head and not the tail. My issues is money. Guess what? Lord, you said all my um, all everything will be supplied to me through your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, I'm overweight. Father, you said my temple is not my own. I need, to, I need to get in the gym and do something. You know, therapy is also a good thing. Because a lot of times we think that we know what the problem is and it's don't. I uncover so much in therapy. And I'll be so real with y'all. I'll be so real. When I went to therapy, I thought it was this ex-girlfriend and that ex-girlfriend and, and this boss and that person. That's why I was upset. Come to find out. All my issues came from my dad and my mama. I'm blaming everybody else in therapy, but why I am the way I am. And they said, no, the issue is your father and your mom. Y'all ain't ready for them conversations, though. Because the truth is, my mom was very present in my life. I love her to death. But it's certain things that traumatized me. That I then did in a relationship. And when that person reacted, I blamed the other person. But it came from mom and them. And then really, 90% of it came from my father. And guess what? My father wasn't even that present in my life. 
And I'm going to be so real with y'all. I told my wife, I said, when it comes to my dad, I said, how is a person's, how is a person's presence and absence such a problem? You traumatized me by being there and by not being there. I'm traumatized by your absence and I'm traumatized by your presence. But what the Lord showed me was he died for my father's sins just like mine. And even when my father acts a certain type of way I have to respond in love. Because my father knows who Jesus is, even though he might not be walking that walk. It's never too late to God that says he's done with somebody. He's never too, it's, it's never too late. So I have to treat my father in love, even when sometimes I don't want to. You are the source of my trauma, but yet you are also my trial. I told my wife, I said, what bothered me about my job is that what did I say? I said that, yeah, sometimes you want God to remove you out of situation. But I said, Lord, you know me better than anybody else. I just don't want to be removed out of a situation. I actually want to learn how to conquer the situation that I'm in with Christ. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of just praying for a better environment. I want to get to the point where my environment no longer affects my mood. It no longer affects my emotions. It no longer affects the way I move or talk. I don't care if everybody came in there with a pout on their face. I want to be able to walk in and set the atmosphere. I'm so tired of being so movable. I'm, I said, Lord, I want emotions like a mountain. No matter how strong the wind blows, the mountain don't move. We got that from Mulan. We got that from Mulan. No matter how strong the wind blows, the mountain don't move. God can easily take you and put you in a better situation, but he knows that's not what you truly want. He knows that you really want to be able to be unmovable by situations. So until you get that in your head, that this is a chance for you to stand firm on God's word, you're going to forever go through the same thing no matter where you go because he's a good father and he knows what you really want. He can keep putting you in better situations, but you'll never truly appreciate it because he truly wants you to be immovable. I love y'all. Peace out.